Hello, and welcome to the Green Book Commentaries. I'm Dr. Arthur Plessa. Episode 69, All Chiropractic Techniques Work. Doctors of chiropractic and student initiates, welcome back once again. In today's episode, we are going to cover three topics. First, BJ is going to detail the statistics of the early years of upper cervical research and how 171 chiropractors and 3,000 patients from across the country helped establish specific upper cervical as the exclusive technique at the Palmer School. Next, BJ gives us insight into a topic that is just now receiving more attention. He described back in the 1930s a condition he coined brain congestion as the direct result of an atlas or axis subluxation. In today's research, chiropractors are describing a similar sequela of subluxation called insufficient venous flow. Last, we are going to explain the full spine system of analysis, the Merrick system, and how it helped chiropractors get results with sick patients. Chiropractors who are new to upper cervical specific may scratch their head not understanding. Chiropractors who practice the full spine model may proclaim, see, all chiropractic techniques work. Let's begin with these statistics, as this was the proof that BJ cited as the reason for moving into upper cervical technique exclusively. In 1930, BJ began his initial research into the upper cervical spine as being the only spinal location possible for a subluxation. BJ wrote that he tried this practice exclusively, and the more he practiced it, the more results he achieved, and as a result, began to come to the understanding that this was the only place an adjustment was necessary. After BJ began teaching this new technique, he reached out to chiropractors across the country to see if they were noting the same results. 171 chiropractors had joined BJ in testing this new method over a number of 3,000 patients. In doing so, BJ knew that results attained were universal to any competent chiropractor with a spinograph and NCM that could adjust using a toggle recoil thrust. The results were overwhelmingly convincing that BJ's new upper cervical technique had much potential. Out of 3,000 patients, 2,218 reported getting completely well of their health condition. 
and 745 reported an improvement. The average patient received a total of eight adjustments, averaging one adjustment per week. Can you imagine getting 73% of your sick patients well? Can you imagine getting the other 24% of your sick patients improved in their condition? Can you imagine only failing on 3% of sick patients? Contrasting to the full spine techniques of former years, BJ wrote that in those years, only about 5% of sick patients got well. He wrote that it was the miracle cases in that 5% that kept chiropractic alive and moving forward. According to B.J. Palmer, all chiropractic techniques work. However, it is a matter of percentages. Adjusting all segments from occiput to coccyx did work at getting sick people well. However, only about 5% of the time. While that 5% is interesting to study, it is definitely not a reproducible science. Adjusting one segment, only when deemed necessary, per instrumentation, only adjusted in the direction of specific misalignment, per spinograph, and only adjusted using a toggle recoil thrust, yielded a 97% success rate. Now this is a reproducible science, never before attained in chiropractic. This new technique would also open the door for subsequent, subsequent research dealing with brain health itself. BJ reasoned that if a subluxation could affect the health of body tissues below, it could also affect the health of the brain up above. A subluxation affects the body by starving it of energy produced within the brain. A subluxation affects the brain by backing up energy into the brain, called brain congestion. This could create this function of the brain directly, as seen in cognitive conditions or degenerative neurological conditions, such as multiple sclerosis or Parkinson's disease. Upper cervical chiropractors have rediscovered this in recent years. Insufficient venous drainage has been a subject of study, testing pre and post adjustment and the implications in practice. Could a subluxation at atlas or axis affect blood flow? Could an atlas or axis subluxation decrease outflow and cause a pooling within the cranium? <clears throat> Research would suggest such is possible. While BJ focused on the backing up of nerve flow rather than blood flow, the results of such are indistinguishable, at least at this point in research. For to adjust an atlas or axis subluxation, 
simultaneously restores nerve flow and blood flow from brain to body. It is restored nerve flow. Correction. Is it restored nerve flow, blood flow, or both, which restores health? Perhaps restored nerve flow restores body tissue health, and restored blood flow restores brain health. In the words of an honest scientist working with a new science, more research is needed. Full spine analysis saw its first systematized subluxation analysis in the Merrick system, as developed by B.J. Palmer in around 1900. This analysis showed the chiropractor which segment to adjust. It was based on known spinal nerve connections between their respective spinal segments and the associated organs those nerves innervated. This was the most popular full spine analysis before BJ moved into upper cervical specific. As BJ began to focus on upper cervical exclusively, he was met with sharp criticism from chiropractors who still used the Merrick system. BJ responded with a short and simple explanation for how chiropractors using full spine model can still get sick people well. If adjustments below axis were not the reason sick people were getting well, then what did it? During Palmer's full spine years, atlas and axis were adjusted as regularly as any other vertebra. If the causative subluxation was in the upper neck, that would mean that anything done below was unnecessary and of no value in subluxation correction and getting sick people well. Full spine adjusting can be compared to firing at a bullseye target with a shotgun. If the center bullseye represents the subluxation, and the outer rings as compensatory misalignments with the target set at 100 yards out, the chance of hitting the bullseye is very low as a shotgun loses accuracy beyond 40 yards. Upper cervical adjusting can be compared to firing at a bullseye target with a military-grade sniper rifle. A well-trained person can hit a bullseye at 100 yards quite consistently using the right firearm. <clears throat> so, do all chiropractic techniques work at getting sick people well? Yes. However, the percentage of success increases exponentially when the chiropractor applies the science of knowing how to do so, when to do so, and where to do so. All that has been developed into an exacting science. All that for the chiropractor who commits themselves to self-mastery at specific adjusting. We begin our reading from volume 25, page 694.
Analysis of Specific Scientific Application of Chiropractic in 3,000 Cases. D.D. Palmer discovered the principle of chiropractic. He was the founder of the Palmer School of Chiropractic, Davenport, Iowa. It was the first chiropractic school, therefore, chiropractic fountainhead. B.J. Palmer, son of D.D. Palmer, is the developer of chiropractic. He is president of the Palmer School of Chiropractic, Davenport, Iowa. He is universally recognized by chiropractors, publishers, authors, encyclopedias as authority on things chiropractic. It is befitting that he should carry on chiropractic traditions, principles, and practices of his father. B.J. Palmer introduced neurokilometer into chiropractic in 1923. Its use has taken guess out, specifically finding and proving exact location. Which vertebra, where located, is producing pressure upon nerves. Its use establishes competently when it is and when it is not. Proves whether an adjustment was such or just another wrong punch somewhere in the back. Evolution of information gained since 1910 with Spinograph and since 1923 with Neurokilometer, developed to high efficiency, and in 1930, B.J. Palmer announced the specific principle of practice of chiropractic. Instead of incorrectly adjusting many places with mental reservations of doubt of all, this new principle and practice proved correctness of one necessary and develop, developed an adjustment that accurately and competently positioned it, restoring health with scientific precision. The chiropractic profession looked askance upon this new method. Change from guessing to knowing, from multiplicity of wrong places to single correct place, was so radically different. Proof was demanded. Following is an analysis of 3,000 cases, reports received from practitioners who have studied and applied this, the specific principle and practice after studying method under personal supervision of B.J. Palmer. That it is more than B.J. Palmer said is obvious from proof herein deduced. Specific scientific application of chiropractic now makes it specifically possible for competently educated and properly equipped chiropractor to take worse cases and get them well quicker than at any other period in chiropractic history. What is proof? Proof of specific as a means of taking worse cases and getting them well quicker is demanded. Proof offered by any man directly interested is often challenged. 
Here is proof offered by disinterested chiropractors who have no interest in outcome except as it furthers progress of chiropractic. A study of these reports proves that, with rare exception, specific was exclusively used. In this report, chiropractors do not make statement that every case in their practice is strictly specific. Majority are working exclusively with specific system on all cases. Some chiropractors occasionally use Merrick system on a case, but by far the majority are specific. A study of statements issued by chiropractors shows in all cases determination of location for adjustment was made by NCM, and in majority position was determined by spinograph and was not based on symptomatology, history, or diagnosis made by themselves or physicians. A study of symptomatology, pathology, history, and diagnosis, as reported in these cases, proves almost every imaginable disease is listed, running gauntlet from acute to long-standing chronic types. Letters reveal, in vast majority of cases, diseases listed were reported by case or physician and not ascertained by chiropractor, he not being interested from that viewpoint. A study of these reports proves majority of chiropractors used little, if any, diagnosis, diagnostic instruments, or methods, did not try to ape medical men or pretend to be such. <clears throat> In practically all cases, only specific method of spinal, of spinal analysis was used, proving it stands independent and can be relied upon exclusively. A study of reports proves nothing but chiropractic principles and practices were used, including NCM to locate interferences, spinograph to determine position, toggle recoil adjustment, and NCM post-check to prove correctness of adjustment, all of which were efficiently, competently, accurately, and honestly rendering an all-chiropractic service. What is proof? If investigator's mind is prejudging, maliciously denying facts, does not seek truth, is deliberately blinding his mind to evidence, then 10,000 cases could not break down the barrier. There are men who prefer, who prefer horse and buggy, and deny possibility of aeroplane. There are chiropractors who refuse to investigate spinograph, preferring to rely upon fingers. They will, deny, they will die denying the NCM. What is proof? If one demands physical proof of presence or absence of physiological function, it would be impossible to prove any case to any person through publications, by mail, at a distance. That which could not constitute proof to chiropractor, who had case from beginning to end, would not be proof to any other person at a distance, 
who did not have case under constant observation. What is proof? If one studies principle, applies practice, and it works, is that proof? Isn't that the way all proof begins, is, and always ends? Mental conclusions based on facts and evidence are proof when deduced. If this be proof, it can be proof with statements that can be relied upon as true and truthful. If this be proof, how many cases must be piled up to demonstrate it? What is proof? Regardless of physical conditions, mental conclusions of chiropractor are not opinion of patient. Patient alone has only proof, for he knows when he was sick, when he became well. How else can another on outside prove anything on inside of another? Physician can diagnose pain, but he cannot prove presence of pain in another, nor can he prove its absence. Numerical and percentage analysis. Number of chiropractors reporting specific cases in this analysis, 171. Average number of cases per chiropractor, 17 and a half. Number of specific cases reporting in this analysis, 3,000. Number of cases reporting well, 2,218. Number of cases reporting improved, 745. Number of cases reporting no improvement, 11. Number of cases not reporting results, 26. 2,218 cases well is 73.9% of 3,000 cases. 745 cases improved is 24.8%. 11 cases no improvement is 0.3%. 26 cases not reporting results is 0.8%. Cases not reporting number of adjustments, 108. Number of adjustments given to 2,892 cases, 24,052. Average number of adjustments per case to get 2,218 cases well and 745 improved, 8.2. 8.2 adjustments per case to get 2,218 well and 745 improved is 0.034% of 24,052 adjustments. Atlas adjusted out of 2,963 cases, 1,089. Axis adjusted out of 2,963 cases, 1,722. Third cervical adjusted out of 2,963 cases, 107. All other vertebrae, including occiput, sacrum, and coccyx, 56. Number of cases in which no major was stated, 37. 
56 cases with different places of adjustment in 2,963 cases proves that only a possible 56 were adjusted at more than one place. It is fair to state in this analysis that the, that the most of the extra unnecessary places were confined to certain few persons who had not yet perfected themselves in specific technique. Number of places adjusted per case, 1 in 2,907. 2,907 cases adjusted one place only is 96.9% of 3,000 cases. Number of cases where more than one place was adjusted or no place was stated, 93. 1,089 atlas out of 2,963 is 36.78%. 1,722 axis out of 2,963 is 58.11%. 107 third cervical out of 2,963 is 3.61%. 56 cases with different places adjusted out of 2,963 is 1.88%. 37 cases out of 2,963 in which no major was stated is 1.21%. Number of cases adjusted according to Spinograph, 1,647. Number of cases adjusted according to palpation, 1,011. Number of cases with no report as to spinograph or palpation, 342. 1,647 cases adjusted according to spinograph is 61.78% of 2,658 cases. 1,011 cases adjusted according to palpation is 38.22% of 2,658 cases. Compare 2,218 cases reporting well with figure of 1,647 adjusting according to spinograph. Compare 745 cases reporting improved with figure of 1,011 adjusted according to palpation. This comparison of 61.78% by spinograph as against 38.22% by palpation proves difference of 23.56% advantage in results of spinograph over palpation. Out of 171 chiropractors whose cases comprise this analysis, 151 stated they used specific system exclusively. This proves that cases listed are not cold, hand-picked, choice, and only favorable, successful ones. Gross time reported on all cases where time was reported while under observation computed in days, 211,887. Cases on which chiropractors did not report time, 182. Average time on each of 2,818 cases while under observation 
where time was reported in days. 75.19 75.19 days average to get 2,218 cases well, and 745 improved is 0.035% of 211,887 days. Gross number of visits made, including days when adjustments were and were not given, as reported in this group, 7,858. Number of adjustments given during these visits, 1,990. After interval in days between adjustments per visits and adjustments made, approximately 4. Total time stated for this group of cases while under observation, as stated, 15,374 days. Average adjustment given in this group while under observation for full time stated, 1 in 7.7 days. <clears throat> this report shows that of 3,000 cases, 2,208, two, correction, 2,218 got well and 747 improved by adjusting one place only in 2,907 cases and two or more places in 56 cases with an average of 8.2 adjustments per case with an average adjustment given one in 7.7 days where Atlas only was adjusted in 1,089 cases, Axis only in 1,722 cases, Third Cervical only in 107 cases, 56 other places in other cases, Spinograph being used in 1,647 cases, and Palpation in 1,011 cases. Report further proves NCM was 100% exclusively used as efficient, competent, accurate, and honest means used on 3,000 cases to locate interference and determine before and after checks as proof of correct time and place of adjustment. Chapter 5. The Story of the Torqued Subluxation, the Torqued Adjustment. Reference published 1933, revised 1951. Why is there a specific? Why is there a reason for a specific? Why is specific subluxation found only in cervical region? Why is specific only amongst superior three cervical vertebrae? Why is specific not found anywhere else in spinal column. Why are there no subluxations found anywhere else? Why is once a major, always a major? These and more questions keep coming. They demand reply. If they are, an answer exists. What are those answers? In spring of 1930, the specific movement began to take form. It was born in the mind of one man. He alone proclaimed it, believed it, practiced it. More he practiced it, more he believed it. 
more he believed it, more he proclaimed it. Others, believing him, listened to what he said. Gingerly, with fear and trepidation, they tried it out in a few cases. It worked. They added more. Soon, a few were using it exclusively in their practices. More they used, more they believed. More they believed, more they proclaimed. Story was told others. Others began to think, believe, use, and proclaim. Today, hundreds are using it competently. Other hundreds are trying it. Still more hundreds are learning it. None find it wanting. But there is one mind that is years ahead of all. That first mind that thought it first. As he creates, he develops. As he develops, he teaches. As he teaches, others try. It is now a snowball growing into huge proportions. There is at our command positive proof of 5,000 field cases on which specific system has been tried and found workable. All these cases got well from cervical major specific adjustment alone. Let us, let us ask, if these cases get well from cervical adjustment alone, why is major to be found only in superior cervical vertebrae? Why are there no subluxations below? What is peculiar, different, that makes a subluxation possible only in superior three cervical vertebrae? In what way, if any, is there anything different there than is to be found anywhere else? What exists in superior three cervical vertebrae that makes some vital condition different there than is to be found at any other section of spinal column? That thousands of all kinds of cases are getting well by exclusive adjustment confined exclusively to this area is strikingly present in our ranks. Why? Fact is, in practice. What then is explanation of fact, if it is known in cervical region that makes this area what it is? In The Hour Has Arrived, reference, see volume 24, Palmer, 1950. We lay down first half of number three, Few deciphered. Few follow closely enough to know a new version when it appears. It suggested a solution for many unknown, unsolved problems. In brief, we suggest you reread the article. Subluxations of superior cervical vertebrae interfere with the onward flow of mental impulse supply that could not get through interference. There was a backward pressure into brain from which it was issuing. Brain is seat of generation of all human life forces. Brain makes as it needs. It needs as it uses. Its requirements are based on demand from periphery, as interpreted from afferent half 
of normal cycle, which is never under pressure or interference, <clears throat> to meet efferent needs of body. Every second, minute, and hour, there is energy created to supply all parts of normal body. Brain is not a storage plant. It generates for present needs. When it manufactures and cannot get through, there is congestion in brain. Or if there is normal adaptation and reduction in manufacture, there is an absent quantity in body. Brain would thus represent a damming backward of supply, and brain and thinking value would be stalled with an excess of power that cannot be used within itself. This affected body below because of an absence of normal quantity. Brain would become energy clogged and body energy empty. Congest any part of brain and you affect all parts of body that should be fed by it. Any case which was suffering below for want of energy might at same time be suffering above because of an excess of it. Chiropractic Textbook, Volume 14, Page 13, states, Art 43, Innate Brain. That part of brain used by innate as an organ in which to assemble mental impulses. It is supplied with mental impulses directly from innate intelligence, whose headquarters it is. It is a vital spot and cannot be diseased. Its existence is actual, but its location is theoretical. There is no transmission of mental impulses from innate intelligence to innate brain. There is no necessity, innate being right here. For this reason, it always has 100% mental impulses. This being true, it has perfect function, perfect metabolism, and never has incoordination. It does not assimilate poisons from the serous stream. It is, of course, subject to trauma, the same as any other tissue. It must be supplied with nutriment and blood, as any other tissue. A virulent poison can penetrate it. If it is injured by trauma, it is, if it is subjected to anemia, lack of blood and nutriment, or is poisoned in spite of its resistance, then death ensues speedily, for it will not endure dis-ease or trauma. It must re be remembered that although innate management is nothing short of miraculous, she is, after all, limited in what she can do because of the limitations of matter. Hour has arrived. Reference, volume 24, states, However, there is one phase that we have all been prone to overlook, almost overlook. What happens to brain? In past, we have taken position that innate brain cannot be affected, an educated brain could be, and often is, in phases of insanity, which is subject to grades of variations and interpretations. But there remains one doubt which will be cleared up. What happens to innate brain when body goes through a process of auto-intoxication? Correction, auto-intoxication. 
internal poisoning. Let us make this clearer. Function flows from innate brain to spinal cord, through spinal nerves to kidneys. A subluxation occurs along path of this nerve, on route, carrying function to kidneys. Kidneys become paralyzed, inactive. Poisons are now dammed up into body. All portions of body become involved with an internal absorption of this internal poison. What right have we to presume that innate brain is exempt from absorbing some of this, same as other parts of physical body? If innate brain can and does absorb poison, where is it to receive its source of power from, to rebuild itself? And if it does become intoxicated, how can an intoxicated brain produce a healthy, normal supply of mental impulses to supply body that needs them more at this time than any other? How is kidney to receive a normal supply of healthy mental impulses when subluxation below has been corrected, when brain that generates them is not normal within itself? Granting innate brain is source of all mental energy, mental impulse supply for all body. Granting our majors are usually found close to skull line, as in the atlas or axis. Granting, this does not occlude lumen, produce pressure, constrict nerves, offers resistance and interference to transmission. Might, this not, conge might not this congest and congeal backward? the onward flow of this thought power intended for body. Might not some of it work itself out as increased heat at point of resistance? And yet, rarely do we get a NCM number two reading at this point that will rise much over three or four points. We do know that adjustments here get our gross number of cases well. It might not be that there is a damming back of mental impulses, especially when it is close to its source of generation? And if this be a possible explanation, would this not affect whole of innate brain more or less, and thus react directly upon other parts of body through their nerves, be free from interference to transmission below point of exit in spinal column? Might it not be that an adjustment at atlas or axis does more than release a spinal cord pressure, more than restore a normal transmission inferior to itself. Might it not actually release a congestion superior to itself and thus clear all innate brain and thus clear all transmission below in many organs that otherwise would be sick? Might it not be that actual atlas or axis resistance might be low? and then superior internal brain congealing or damming back might accentuate much brain interference, which cannot be read, although manifested below in many places in many ways. These are questions which remain, as yet, unanswered directly. Future has many secrets to solve. That we are doing the thing is obvious. <laughs> One of the inconsistencies is what is taking is what is taking places. You and we have had cases. We have palpated, found subluxations according to Merrick's system. We have adjusted them 
cases have gotten well. Let us remind ourselves that we were, in those days, adjusting every subluxation as was, where was, and believed them to be, which was that every palpated deviation was a subluxation. Hence, it was rarely that a superior cervical atlas or axis did not come in for its share of adjustments at the same time that we adjusted merically below. Any conclusion based upon what happened below could have happened from above, and we not know it. These two contradictory thoughts represents difference in development of our idea between 1927 and 1931, when each was developed. We now present enlarged idea as of 1933. Exclusive process of deduction. Only by mental and physical process of exclusion can a fact be ascertained and proved. One who follows inclusive ideas, methods, or processes is never in any position to make any statement with competency, accuracy, or with stability of any issue being proved true. Suppose a sick person is given six different methods of treatment, each differing, each different from all others. Which method got him well, assuming he did get well? A statement can be made that a certain one did. What proof is there as to correctness of statement? None. There are five methods to, ne to negative statement. Suppose a sick, sick person be given five methods of treatment and one method of adjustment, each different from all others. Which method got him well, assuming he did get well? A statement can be made that one of five treatments or one method of adjustment succeeded. What proof is there as to correctness of this statement? None. There are five methods to negative the statement. Suppose a sick person is given six different techniques of adjustment, each involving a different principle from other five. Which technique or principle got him well, assuming he did get well? A statement can be made that a certain technique or principle got him well, what proof is there to correctness of statement? None. There are five techniques and principles to negate to negative the one. These are inclusive methods or processes, and because they include diluting elements, finger of fact cannot be spotted upon one as the successful item. <clears throat> Suppose on reverse a sick person be given only one adjustment at one place, in one way, to exclusion of all other methods techniques, or means, and person got well. A statement cannot be made that a certain technique or method, at a certain place, in a certain way, did get him well. What proof is there? Both inclusive as well as exclusive. Only one was included, all others excluded. Having ascertained that one thing, done one way, attained one result, then, if duplicated time and again, it establishes a practice that proves a principle. Average chiropractor glibly rattles conclusions which are not justified. He uses inclusive mental and physical processes and shouts exclusive mental and physical conclusions. In average, chiropractor's office, he uses antipodal principles and practices. Opposing methods and techniques varying them from time to time, more or less changing places from week to week or month to month, 
and when his opinion is asked about merits or demerits of any one he uses, he rushes into print with an opinion not warranted. Average chiropractor is a practitioner, not a scientist. He has a living to make. He feels he cannot afford to take chances on failing to get a case well. So he includes all his conscious permits, which is usually quite elastic where dollars are concerned. So he cannot fail. Under this all-inclusive process, occasionally a sick person gets well. He has no means of knowing which system or technique, which place or manner of adjustment achieved results. He rarely duplicates result on another case, exactly alike, if he were to receive such. It is exception to rule that has been a, that has been a means of sustaining his business. Sick people get well just often enough to let minority overshadow large majority on which he fails. Because of this inclusive process of thinking and acting, average chiropractor's opinion as to merits or demerits of principles or practices is unreliable and unworthy of attention upon part of any scientist who seeks truth or fact reached by exclusive method. Research means what it implies. Research worker separates out failure elements and eliminates them separates out success elements and retains them, constantly accumulating elements of by exclusive process until that day arrives when he can definitely make a positive assertion of fact, prove it, and duplicate it. That sick people have always gotten well in ancient days as well as modern, from superstition to science, internal as well as external methods, by mental faith as well as physical drugs, there is no doubt. That sick people go to chiropractors of varying shades of belief in chiropractic with different techniques, adjustments, methods, and means, and get well, there is also no doubt. That sick people go to chiropractors who punch them all up and down the back, and got them well, using various methods of racking, stretching, jerking, and pushing backbones from head to tailbone, and got some of them well, we admit is true. <laughs> but somewhere through this mysterious maze, there is a principle in practice that does work and can be deciphered, brought to surface and proved to be the exclusive principle and practice by which of by means of which result is attained. Whatever this principle in practice is, no matter how deeply hidden behind curtain of mystery, even though it works, it can be found, known, understood, and exclusively, and then made to work knowingly and constantly in all cases alike. If people are well and get sick, it is because of violation of one certain principle in practice. If sick people get well, it is because of a correction of that violation of one certain principle in practice. A cancer is a cancer in body of one who has it, regardless of what they think, say, do, or believe as regards religions, methods, or systems of treatment of that cancer. 
if a cancer gets well in body of one who has it. It gets well of cancer regardless of what person thinks, says, does, or believes as regards religions, methods, or systems of treatment of that cancer. If a patient had paralysis and he went to 100 different chiropractors and each described a different reason for his getting paralysis, fact would still remain that patient having paralysis had violated one principle in his body that caused it. If a patient having paralysis went to 100 different chiropractors and each used a different technique, system, or method, and each succeeded in getting him well, fact would still remain that only one principle in practice succeeded in getting him well. Somewhere hidden in every body is a single principle in practice that works either as a cause or as a correction. To seek that principle and be able to apply that principle is ultimate objective of research seeker, and to solve that human enigma can be attained only by exclusive process of trying them all, each by each in individual form, and watching net result. Admitting that all methods get some sick people well, admitting that all methods interpret a different principle and apply a different method, it is a question of percentage of accidents in use of and application of the principle and practice that works, even though unknown. If true reason why a few succeed in getting well could be separated from maze of work done, and what was used that brought about that result could be eliminated from chaff. Certain things must stand out to prove a principle of a certain and definite character located at a certain place. If true, reason why the many failed to get well could be separated from maze of work done. And what was used that failed to bring about that result could be accumulated. Certain things must stand out to prove that certain other principles of uncertain and indefinite character located at certain places did not work. Gradually, by process of exclusion and elimination of failure, gradually, process of accumulation of success has delivered into our hands a knowledge of the human principle and practice, its location and correction of the cause and the adjustment of that cause of all dis-ease, regardless of what sick thinks, says, does, or believes. That is knowledge and practice we now present to exclusion of all other knowledges and methods we have ever presented. It is this knowledge and practice, when exclusively used, that now materially steps up percentage of success and steps down percentage of failure out of all proportion of all previous experiences in history of securing health to sick regardless of century, name, or method. Thank you for joining me for another episode. I'm Dr. Arthur Plessa. This has been the Green Book Commentaries.